1: And good morning, and welcome to the show. Of course, it's Monday as we kick off another week in the month of June. And I can't tell you what's higher, inflation or gas prices. I mean, you know, it's just pretty much about the same at this point. And the temperature—that's right. <laughs> so it's all moving up there. Um, no, a couple of there's a, actually an interesting, you know, the you know, you know the old joke. It's you know, inflation is so high. You're supposed to say, "How high is it?" How high is it? It's so high the IRS is actually changing the mileage calculation. They're actually increasing the deduction you get for mileage this year. And it's a very rare. Yeah. It, it's a very rare mid-year change for the IRS, but mm-hmm. even the IRS has to adjust your your cents per mile. So if you deduct your mileage, the IRS has now moved that up a little bit here to adjust for inflation. But that that adjustment isn't keeping up with the price of gas. No. So no. it's it's just it's just all out there here's your sign yeah there's there's not a lot of good news this morning unfortunately and i hate to start your morning off with uh you know just bad news but that's pretty much all there is <laughs> this morning um inflation of course uh came in a lot harder than expected on friday that's really and uh, took the markets down sharply on friday and and markets are not back to where they were you know, at their previous lows, but they were very close on Friday at those previous lows. This morning, we're going to break those lows. The S&P slated open down about 82 points. The Dow is going to be down about 500, and the Nasdaq will be down about 300 this morning. So, um, again, a lot of concern here because that inflation was higher than expected in that than the latest CPI print on Friday. Now, a couple of things about this, though are that the indicator that is used so when we look at inflation as a as a as a measure the largest percentage input into that gauge is homeowners equivalent rent and that's this mathematical calculation that the um, government put together to measure you know the value of homes now used to be they used the actual just price of home home price increases um, then they changed it to this, this kind of measure of homeowner's equivalent rent. And it's, it's, and it's kind of an iffy measure, and, but it, the important thing is, is that it lags what's going on in the housing market by about three months or so. So when we take a look at the homeowner's equivalent rent, that is still moving up. But if we take a look at real rental rates and, and expected rent rates going forward, those have actually peaked and started to decline here a bit. Now, the reason that that's important is because when we look at inflation, over 40% of CPI is strictly homeowners equivalent rent. Gas prices, uh, gas prices energy prices are a very small percentage input into CPI. So despite the fact that, inf- that you know, gas prices are high, it doesn't have that big of an impact on CPI food and and uh those type of things they make up about 15 percent of cpi so food prices do impact cpi but the real thing that impacts cpi is homeowners equivalent rent so if we begin to see rent that catch up with what's going on with rents rents peak out and start to slow down as people can't afford to pay higher rent then we're going to start to see inflation coming down. So while we may not have seen the peak of inflation just yet, we're very very likely close to this. I mean, we're still flirting with the previous peak. um, But over the next month or two, we're still probably going to see that rate start to come down. And again, that'll take some of the pressure off the markets. But again, this week... We, you know, The big concern for the markets and why the markets are having such a big problem right now is because that really strong CPI print scared the market that the Fed might hike 75 basis points on Wednesday, which is the FOMC meeting this week. That is what's the big concern here. The Fed moving too quickly here, tightening monetary policy, hiking rates too fast. That is a huge risk. And that's one of the things that has been weighing on markets uh, as we go forward. And so this print on Friday is what is really weighing on markets because of the expectation the Fed will now have to be more aggressive in terms of tightening monetary policy, hiking rates, reducing their balance sheet. And, you know, as the old saying was over the last couple of years, don't fight the Fed when they're doing $120 billion worth of QE every month. Well, just as, as likely don't fight the Fed when the Fed's hiking rates and tightening monetary policy, taking the punch bowl away, because that's... What's going on here? Then Friday, we have that $3.2 trillion options expiration. So on Friday of this week, that's when all those option contracts expire. And so positions are going to to be bought or sold, depending on what side of the contract you're on, to roll those contracts out for for another month. So, again, there's going to be a lot of volatility this week. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be all negative volatility, but there's going to be a lot of ups and downs this week. Now, one of the uh, the good news, if there is good news to tell you about this morning, uh, last week markets were down 5.2%. That was a big drop for one week. Historically, when we see these very sharp declines in one week, you typically get a little bit of a reflex here. And that wouldn't be surprising this morning. We're going to open down right at the bottom of the trading range. Um, That's going to be where we start to get kind of some of that more extreme oversold condition on a short-term basis. That's going to set you up for at least just a a smidge of a reflex rally here. Use that to sell into because, again, we're just now, and and this will happen today, we're going to, that buy signal that we got just a couple of weeks ago, which was a long time coming, has now been, is now gonna flip back over today and we're gonna go back onto a sell signal. So again, all that work that we had over the last couple of weeks and we talked about selling into it and, it's, and if you follow our trading at simplevisor.com, um, we've been selling over the last couple of weeks, adding a short position, raising some cash, um, I wish I would have done more, but <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll get some more done here. Um, but yeah, so any rallies here continue to raise some cash, you know, kind of uh, and, and replace hedges because again there is a real risk here now that over the course of the next month or two we could see a bigger decline in markets. And and again, markets have already been beat up a lot this year, I know, but there is definitely some more downside because of what's happening between the Fed and what's gonna be happening with the economy. Again, we're starting to see more and more indicators now that are suggesting a recession will arrive sooner than a lot of people expect. And already uh, the Atlanta Fed GDP now is at 0.9%. That's likely gonna fall further before we get to the end of the the quarter. And moving into the third quarter, that's likely gonna get even weaker because of the impact of both inflation and higher interest rates and the fact that real wages aren't keeping up with the cost of living so investors are going to, i mean individuals are going to have to make decisions to curtail spending and that's going to slow economic growth now this is what the fed wants mind you because that will bring down inflation so this whole inflation thing we've got going on right now is going to decline It's just a function of timing. So it's it's, again between getting here and there. One of the other areas that's under a lot of deflation at the moment, I thought this was interesting this morning, Bitcoin is down fairly sharply, about 25% over the weekend. It's been a bloodbath in Bitcoin and particularly Ethereum as well. Uh, These are those cryptocurrencies. And, you know, we talked about before, you know, when you talk about cryptocurrencies, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a hedge for inflation. It's going to be a replacement for gold. It's going to be a replacement for currencies. It's not doing any of that. It's, It's not hedging inflation. The dollar continues to strengthen, Uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies continue to weaken. So whatever the theory was behind cryptocurrency, and it's going to be its replacement as a store of value in the world, has not worked out that way at all. Now, maybe it will eventually here as we get into Web3 or or maybe even Jack Dorsey's Web5, but you're going to have to get into some form of cryptocurrency utilization where that value is ultimately redeemed. I'm not saying there's not a future for cryptocurrency at all. I'm just saying that at this point, it has not done what was widely expected by individuals. Okay, quick break. We'll come back. Lots of stuff to get into this morning. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
0: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
2: Hurricane season is here, and along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go, and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance unfortunately flood insurance rates have skyrocketed don't be at risk let the specialists at ria insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible another service from realinvestmentadvice.com click on the insurance tab realinvestmentadvice.com the real investment show
1: Welcome back to the show this morning. I'm your host, Lance Roberts. So as I was saying, you know, there's just uh, a lot of pressure um, at the moment on markets just because of inflation and what's happening in terms of prices in general. And, and you know, there's a country western song that goes, you know, I scratched off a lottery ticket, $100. Then he buys two cases of beer and he buys a tank of gas. It's a good day, right? It's it's it's, it's a great day because he's got this $100 scratch off. He's able to buy beer, fill up his truck, and, you know, it's all good. And uh, so there was a couple of TikToks over the weekend of guys, you know, doing, you know, kind of going through the lyrics, going they're fill up their truck. It was like $98 to fill up their truck. And they're like, I've got no money left for beer. And... <laughs> You know, that's just kind of the reality of what's settling in. Um, You know, but this has a lot of consequences. Uh, President Biden's approval rating right now is at the worst level on on many polls is now at the worst level on record in many cases. And even in some of the more left leaning liberal polls that tend to support uh, the Democrat type uh, candidates, those just can't hide the fact. Right. I mean, it's just inflation is eating up everybody at this point you know interestingly enough you know kind of the big shopping thing right now is peanut butter can't get peanut butter um and you know and and i don't care you know you get my wife loves peanut butter that's one of her uh things that she likes and which is interesting because she used to hate peanut butter and then she got to this phase where she really loves peanut butter so now you can't get peanut butter and so we go to costco over the weekend and she buys this kirkland brand h-e-b uh it's uh, kirkland's is the, the costco brand right but it's and she, she goes oh i found peanut butter she throws it in the cart and i go babe you do realize that's organic peanut butter and she goes yeah but it's peanut butter it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> and of course when you buy stuff at costco it comes in bulk so it's two jars of peanut butter now they're not huge they're not like five gallon yeah. buckets of peanut butter but they've got enough for a platoon no, no, and it's it's just two regular jars of peanut butter, but it's labeled organic, and I was like, "Baby, you know that is organic peanut butter. She's like, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm not going to worry about it. Now, I know from experience, organic peanut butter sucks, okay, <laughs> but <laughs> I let people live and learn, that's the thing, and so she comes home, she cracks open that, that, that can of peanut butter, she looks at it, she goes, this doesn't look like regular peanut butter. I go, it's organic. And she takes a big spoonful of it, sticks a spoon in it, throws the thing in the trash can. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with it? She goes, that's the worst peanut butter ever. <laughs> and I go, yeah, there's no sugar in it. Organic peanut butter is literally salt and peanuts. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if you've ever had organic, and there, I know there's people, I know, I know. there's There's some of you out there going, I like organic peanut butter. Okay, you're weird, but it's okay. <laughs> Everybody has their thing.
2: You can mask it with sugar infused jelly.
1: <laughs> that was her mom's solution, mix it with honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a lot of jelly. <laughs> peanut butter jelly, it'll work fine. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get the sugar back in. Nobody'll know. So, anyway, but you know this you can't get peanut butter. You, you know you go to the store and it's all sold out. But there's, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that's still not on shelves and a lot of things that are still sold out. And you can't get it. And this is, you know, frustrating people, uh, first of all. And then when they do check out and their bill is quite a bit higher, you know, that's more frustrating, particularly when they're trying to make ends meet. And so not surprisingly, if they're asked how the president is doing, how do you feel the president is doing with the economy? You know, the guy in charge gets to blame. And it's not. And let's be clear. (laughs) You know, this is not President Biden's fault entirely. Some of it is. But some of this is President Trump's fault, and some of it goes back to Obama's fault, and some of it goes back to Bush's fault. We can go all the way back through history, and we make decisions that lead to outcomes, but these decisions don't always show up right when we expect them to happen. So to say this is all President Biden's fault is not fair because— a lot of the economic shutdown and the first stimulus checks and the massive Fed interventions by, you know, uh, the Federal Reserve, that happened under the Trump administration. And so, but it just took time to show up in the economy. So, you know, that we always have to think about these things. And, you know, it's always interesting if you take a look at stock market returns. They, they always, in, in, over history, you'll see that stock market returns tend to be better under democrat presidents than they do under republican presidents but then if you go back and overlay where recessions occur and where you know crisis events occur those happen underneath more often than not republican presidents not because you know they're the guys that did it it's they inherited the setup from the previous president which in a lot of cases happened to be democrat because we flip flop back and forth right we go democrats republicans democrats republicans Good example, Bill Clinton, Democrat president, did a whole lot of things that led up to the Enron crisis, dot com crisis, et cetera, that was all inherited by George Bush. So, I mean, again, that's just kind of the way these these things occur over time. Policies take time to go through the system. But whoever happens to be the guy in charge, this is why you've got to be careful if you're going to run for president, you know, <laughs> Don't do it when things are really good because you're going to get all the bad stuff when it comes down. Um, But that's that's just how it works out. So you know these polls are great, and unfortunately we kind of blame the guy in office. And and look, I'm not I'm not giving him a I'm not giving Biden a free pass here because he's made a lot of bad decisions that have exacerbated the situation we are now. We already done a bunch of checks. He wanted to do, and he did more right, and that just made things even worse in the midst of a supply chain shutdown. So, you know, this is those are decisions that were made, you know, uh, restricting oil and gas permits, um, you know, uh, shutting down the XL pipeline, these type of things. Um, You know, those were decisions that led to a oil supply shortage and high oil prices, which are now feeding through to gas prices. So those were his decisions. He gets that blame. Right. So my, my, my point here is, is that we can't blame inflation entirely on one person. But it's just what Americans are dealing with right now. And that sentiment is showing up everywhere. The University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, which came out on Friday, is at the lowest level on record. Now, think about that for a moment. The, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, they go out and they ask people, how do you feel about the economy, investing, other stuff? And they get this, this sentiment survey. And so they weren't asking me, well, how do you feel about the economy? People feel worse today about the economy than they did at the depths of the financial crisis. Now, think about that for a moment, because in the depths of the financial crisis, people are getting kicked out of their houses, right? They're losing their jobs left and right. They are, they are you know, just being crushed at every corner. And yet sentiment is worse now. So, you know, now there's some good news behind that as well, is that the one good thing about having, you know, vastly negative sentiment is that's also where you're near market bottoms. Ultimately, now it doesn't mean today or tomorrow or next week, but this is where you start to try to fish out a bottom because everybody is so negative on everything at this point that they are simply, you know, can't get any worse <laughs> almost at this point. So, you know, there's there's some upside here that, you know, we may be getting closer to the the bottom of this, you know, uh, situation. But, again, it feels like right now, at least from an inflationary standpoint, that there's just no end in sight. Inflation is just going to keep going up. Things are going to keep getting more expensive. And, you know, I just can't, you know, this just is never going to end. And that's the way that as humans, that's the way we always respond to things. Things can only go in one direction And they're going to go that way forever. But that's just not the way things work out. These things will change. And we don't know exactly why they will change or when they will change for certain, but they will. With, With an absolute guarantee, in the next year or so, we're going to be talking about much lower rates of inflation much slower rates of economic growth. We're going to be talking about a reversal. We're going to be t- looking at a Federal Reserve trying to figure out how to start QE again and drop rates back to zero. We're going to talk about probably whoever is elected, you know, into office is going to be talking about how to get more checks to households or whatever it is, right? But we're going to be on the other side of this of this coin in late this year or next year. And that's just a function of how things work. And you know, the important thing is is that inflation doesn't, moderate. (laughs) This is a big point that we need to be aware of. Throughout history, inflation doesn't run up slowly and then just stay there. Inflation spikes up because of events in, in the economy and then crashes. Oil prices spike up and then crash. That's just the way those things work because of what they do to the economy. You get spiking inflation, you're going to cause a recession. In fact, I just did a chart in this weekend's newsletter. So if you go by the website realinvestmentadvice.com and click on the newsletter link under the insights tab, you'll get our latest newsletter. And I put a chart in there showing inflation going back to 1960. Every time that inflation was above 5% on an annualized rate, which we're well above that right now, 8.5 as of the last reading, you've had a recession. And inflation falls below that 5% rating pretty quickly thereafter. So again, we're going to have a recession. It's just a function of time now more than anything else. The only way we avoid a recession is by some stretch of a miracle that, <laughs> you know, we can all of a sudden solve supply chain problems, get oil prices back down to, you know, $40, $50 a barrel. You know, there's just, and, and none of that appears, those solutions, those remedies do not appear to be on the horizon. And as such, the risk of a recession is almost assured. It's just a function of time. Now, does that mean it absolutely has to happen? No, I'm not saying that, but it certainly seems that way when you take a look at a lot of the economic data. Okay, QuickBank be back right here on The Real Investment Show. Don't go away.
0: advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in
2: 1999 a para fiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest these men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others fortunes if you have a problem about preserving capital if no one else can help and you can find them right here maybe you should hire the
0: ria team you're listening to the real investment show
1: So, you know, we talk a lot on the show about why it's important to take care of your health because you know, it's great to have money. It's awesome, right? You retire, you got a big fat nest egg, it's awesome. And then you spend your entire retirement in the hospitals and all your money on medical bills because you didn't take care of yourself and, you know, now you're suffering from the all kinds of ill effects of, you know, bad choices. And as we as we've talked about on the show many times our good friend Keith Klein, had a very simple saying about taking better care of yourself, which is just make better bad choices was, you know, so in other words, if you're going to eat a hamburger, eat a hamburger, right? Just eat it without cheese, make better bad choices. And that's kind of stupid to have a hamburger without cheese, but hey, you know. Or bacon. Or, or mayonnaise or, you know, a lot of other things. Condiments. It's all the bad stuff that makes it taste better, right? Right. But anyway, his point is make better, bad choices, and you can start to do better with your health. And I thought it was easy. I thought this was good, you know, kind of a good segue this morning, because McDonald's is going to help you with that. Oh? Yeah. But actually, no. They're not actually. They're, they're, you know, McDonald's was trying to give people some better, healthier choices.
2: Some better, bad choices. Yeah. They, yeah. they were going to yeah.
1: add some healthier menu items. Mm-hmm. And they added those healthier options so you could, you know, make some better, bad choices when you go to McDonald's. Problem is that when people go to McDonald's, they're not looking for healthier options. (laughs) They're going to McDonald's (laughs) for McDonald's. (laughs) McDonald's has now cut their nutritious foods from its menu, such as salads, grilled chicken sandwiches, and fruit and yogurt parfaits. They move to streamline operations, offer faster drive through times, and increase profitability for things that they sell more of. So, <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to McDonald's to look for something healthy, look somewhere else because uh, it's not gonna be there. <laughs> you know, McDonald's isn't my first choice for a salad, no. by the way. Just no. you know mm, just saying. Just, just say it. But yeah, so anyway, they're, they're – but this part of this is also due to inflation and cost, input costs and those type of things. So, you know, they're trying to make this move towards profitability. And we've talked about this before is that, you know, particularly with restaurants, what they're going to have to do is start making choices. Labor cost, of course, for, you know, employees uh, continues to go up, particularly in the restaurant space. Um, In order to get employees, restaurants have been forced to pay more uh, to actually get employees to come to work for them. And and employees at restaurants are, are notorious for job hopping. They'll jump from one job to the next because for them, it doesn't matter what restaurant they work in, if they're being a waiter or a waiter, waitress, waiter, hostess, whatever. Those jobs are plentiful and they can just jump from one job to another pretty quickly. They don't care. They just learn a new menu and keep going. Um, and if somebody's willing to pay them more at that wage bracket, there's really no loyalty to the companies. So they job hop pretty regularly. And so and this is one of the things we talked about with job openings. When you take a look at these job opening surveys. You know, a lot of those jobs are in those areas that have a lot of high turnover because why am I going to take my job posting down? I put a job posting up says, hey, I need a I need a hostess for my restaurant. And, you know, I, need, I should say host. We should be politically correct here gotta be I, inclusive yes i need a host uh for my restaurant and i know that as soon as i hire that person to do that job that you know very likely they could quit so i just leave that job posting up all the time and you know if people call me i'll you know take their resume in so yeah yeah we're probably gonna be hiring here for that job pretty soon so that job opening stays up all the time and that's one of the things that when we take a look at job openings we have to discount some of those job openings because of that type of environment. But again, as restaurants are seeking to increase profitability, they've, they've got to, f- and, th- and this is this is kind of one of the fallacies that kind of moves through the system around a lot of things. So you know, we've heard the, you know, we've heard Congress kind of going after oil companies, right? We need to rein in there, you know, they're just making all this money on, you know, Uh, on oil and gas because, you know, they're just raking in the profits. I really know, you know, their profit margins haven't changed that much um, because of higher oil prices. Yes, they've gone up some, but we have to remember that as oil prices go up, so do all the input costs. They go along with that. And we see that impact across a variety of industries. The housing industry is a good example. You know, cost of lumber and copper and everything else that goes into a house. Those prices go up, cost more to build a house. I can only charge so much for the house. So it eats into my profit margins. And the cost of labor goes up. And we see this really across industries everywhere. That it's not just a function. As prices go up, everybody gets rich because people are able to sell stuff at higher prices. And because all those input costs are going up at the same time. And that impacts those profit margins. So between wages and the cost of goods and products and services that you outsource, all those type of things, companies are having to make these decisions in order to bring down their cost in order to maintain profitability to make Wall Street happy. right? And this is one of the things that we've seen in recent reports. There have been 10,000 mentions, over 10,000, of inflation. And in in the earnings reports, as these companies have been reporting earnings, there have been over 10,000 mentions of inflation. Not surprising because they're reporting, you know, hey, our earnings were this in the last quarter. Our revenues were this. And the the reason we didn't make as much as we expected was because of inflation. And that impacted earnings and our revenues and our profit margins and all those type of things. That they report on of course and that's why we've seen a lot of stock prices a come down but we've seen some of these companies just get blasted when they report earnings they're down 20 25 30 percent because they missed earnings and it wasn't because they missed earnings as much as what it was they said about the next quarter and the quarter after that and all of a sudden those major growth rates that these companies were railing off over the last two years evaporated because of both a slowdown in the economy plus higher input costs. And so we've seen that reflected in a lot of these companies. But but this is the impact of inflation working through a system. Now, this all breaks stuff, and this is the important thing. As we talk about inflation, as we said earlier, inflation tends to spike up and then it continue, it, it, it normally um, crashes very quickly because something breaks. Inflation doesn 't fix itself by itself it breaks inflation breaks things, and when something gets broken that 's when all this corrects in fact, Goldman Sachs just recently was talking about that the um, Central banks, the Federal Reserve and European Central Bank as a function, appear to be set to break some things according to their title. And, and, what, they, and what they're talking about here is that the Fed is set to hike 50 basis points this Wednesday. I suspect, you know, there's a, there's a lot. Of, one of the reasons the market is, you know, really kind of off its base this morning in particular is because now with that inflation print on Friday. The markets are concerned the Fed could hike 75 basis points on Wednesday. The Fed's pretty much already taken that off the table previously. And they've not made any mention of that over the course of the last three, four weeks heading into this meeting. There hasn't been any leaks. There hasn't been anything else that they might hike faster. So I suspect, and the Fed normally doesn't do stuff to shock markets, particularly when markets are already weak. So I wouldn't, you know, I would suspect that they're going to hike 50 basis points on Wednesday. Now, on Wednesday's meeting, they could become a little bit more hawkish in terms of their their context, talking about where we are with inflation and and kind of their outlook for inflation over the course of the next several months and set up for a 50 basis point hike at every meeting through September. That wouldn't be surprising at all. Now, that's... Actually, if that's the case, that could actually be a bit of a positive for the markets. Markets have already kind of predicted and have already priced in 50 basis point hikes at this meeting, the July meeting and the September meeting. So if that's really what kind of what comes to fruition this week in the Fed's fight against inflation, that could actually be a positive because that's already kind of priced in. It, it, the thing the market's working worrying about and the reason markets are down this morning is they're worried about an even more aggressive Fed policy than what was expected previously. And it's not, of course, just the, the, the Federal Reserve here. It's also the European Central Bank. It'll be interesting to see what the European Central Banks will do anything attitude in terms of monetary policy does in the face of 8% inflation. I have, I have a strong suspicion that um, Christine Lagarde may have be having a bit more of an issue with monetary policy than she's letting on right now. Um, There's also some other issues. Again, we've got uh, a big expiration on Friday, but uh, fund flows into markets have been very terrible. Liquidity is very weak at at the moment. And this is all kind of exacerbating this inflationary impact that is currently weighing on markets. So again, a lot of stuff to talk about you know, over the next few days. And on Wednesday, as I said, we'll get the Fed policy. Then on Friday, we've got um, options expiration. Then at least after that, we've got a little bit of a break for markets to take a breath and kind of factor all this stuff in. So got to get through this week. It's going to be volatile. Uh, Try not to make any mistakes here driven by emotion. There's There's not any good news right now. There's no good news out there at the moment. So be careful not to let emotions override your strategy. Be right back after the break, wrap up the show.
0: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
2: Hurricane season is here, and along the Texas Gulf Coast, we know how to prepare. What we don't always know is which way the storm will go, and if a hurricane does come your way, whether your house will flood. Fortunately, you can get flood insurance. Unfortunately, flood insurance rates have skyrocketed. Don't be at risk. Let the specialists at RIA Insurance assess your needs and shop your coverage for the best rates possible. Another service from realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab,
0: realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
1: Just kind of looking at um, futures this morning. Futures were down 880 on the Dow this morning, or down about 547 at the moment. Still not good, but you know, better than a sharp stick in the eye, as, as my mom used to say. Um, you know, we'll we'll see kind of how markets open up and trade today. Uh, West Texas Intermediate crude down about two bucks this morning as well. So again we'll kind of see how things trade out today um i think this initial open might be the low for the day we'll see um so again try not to panic sell you know anything right at the open we could very well open down have a bit of a bounce and sell back down to lows again today i mean it, it's it, you know there's a lot of angst about the market so there's a lot of people wanting to sell right now so just be careful you know, how you enter into the markets and and what you do. Now, again, nothing wrong with with, uh, raising some more cash here at all. Um, There's certainly, like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of good news uh, at this point, particularly this week. And, again, there's going to be a lot of volatility. So you may well sell some today and markets rally tomorrow, that type of thing. But whatever rallies we get, those should be sold into as well, Uh, again, until we get – some better clarity then that's that's really the biggest problem for markets right now is just really just a lack of clarity. Nobody knows where we are there's so much bearishness in the market, but as we wrote and we wrote about this last week, markets are incredibly bearish, right sentiment is very bearish, but allocations by retail investors are still near highs they haven't sold anything, and part of this is due to the Reality that we've trained investors to expect the Fed to kind of bail out all the problems, so nobody wants to be out of the market in case the Fed shows up tomorrow and says, "Hey, pfft, never mind, we're, we're we're back in, right? We're not going to hike rates, we're going to do QE," and they don't want to be caught flat-footed and this market take off and run screaming because that's what they've been trained over the last decade. They remember most investors have not seen a bear market and. You know, this is, this is kind of an interesting dichotomy of what happens with bear markets. You know, after the 2001 and 2 bear market dot com crash, those, a lot of those investors never came back to the market. The crash that occurred in 2008, a lot of the retail traders today were, were wet behind the ears. They were under 18 when Obama was elected into office. And the, the only market they've seen is a market that just goes up every year. So a bear market, what's that? I've, never, I've heard about them, but I've never been through one. Well, welcome to the big leagues. You know, <laughs> you're now at a bear market. Now, the question is, of course, is, is where this ends, as is always the case. And we've got to work through that. But as we've said before here on the show, bear markets don't end with everybody wanting to buy them. And right now, everybody's trying to look at that bottom and everybody's trying to hold on to stocks because they're just waiting for this bottom to occur. We're not there yet. So, while sentiment may, may be very negative, we don't have what's needed in terms of equity allocations, et cetera, to suggest that we're near a bear market bottom yet. We'll see. Every time, every bear market is different the way they start, the way they end, and everything in between. They're always different, but the outcomes are always the same. You know, we're talking about inflation a lot this morning because it's such a key point of everything in the markets right now. Fed policy, uh, attitudes, sentiment, voting, everything, right? I mean, inflation's driving everything right now. And I thought it was interesting because remember in 2020 when the government launched the CARES Act, which, by the way, uh, the Government Accountability Office has now done their study of the money that was spent on these PPP programs, these payroll protection programs and this is where everybody was going out and, and applying for payroll protection money and saying, oh I need money for my you know my employees." Well a lot of people were going out and just forming fake companies to get PPP loans. In fact, there was a hedge fund manager that got just got busted and he's now <laughs> going to be serving quite a few years in prison um, for millions in PPP loans that he got completely fraudulently. I mean, and, and you know, that, that, a lot of that stuff happened. In fact, the Government Accountability Office just found out that 20%, one out of every $5 in PP programs were fraudulent. Now, interestingly enough, this is exactly what we said would happen when this came out. We said, look, when you're just going to throw out these programs, and this is a problem the way we, think, we do things with the government. It's like, oh, my gosh, we've got a crisis, we've got to throw money at it. But we never put the mechanisms in place to do these. We just go, oh, this sounds like a good idea. Let's just go throw money at stuff. Humans are really good. You know, they they say if you ever want to build a foolproof system, hire a fool. Um, Because people can figure out how to mess up anything, right? Like you say, I've got the perfect gadget, right? And this is an indestructible gadget and somebody will destroy it. So we have, that's why we have warning labels on everything. Did you hear about, by the way, did you hear about Geico over the weekend? No. Geico just lost a lawsuit for like $6 million. Wow. Okay, so Geico's, in fact, we had one of our commenters on our YouTube page <laughs> this morning says, hey, good news, I just saved 15% on my Geico insurance. So yeah, yeah, Geico got sued over the weekend because a lady was having sex in her car with park car she's having sex with a guy in a park car catches a sexually transmitted diseases sues geico and wins oh. saying her car insurance should cover her catching an std now
2: man i want that lawyer
1: <laughs> but this is why we have labels on stuff that make no sense like don't use a hair dryer in the shower um you know those type of things
2: 30 years ago your automobile manual Mm -hmm. used to provide all kinds of information like how to set the valves Mm -hmm. and the gap clearances on your spark plugs today's manuals tell you not to drink the battery water
1: That, that is correct because people do stupid stuff. you remember the whole uh, lady that sued McDonald's over yes. the hot coffee? Yes. And that's why you have labels that and says, here we coffee. Are. Yeah. <laughs> it's Poor's called gets, McDonald's hot. I know. You know, it's just, but this is why you have all these stupid warning labels. But yeah, so Geico get, loses $6 million on this lawsuit over, and it's it's completely stupid. I mean, but. There you go. now I so now, was... now there will be a rider in your in your geico <laughs> insurance of you know if you want to have extra coverage for having sex in your car you too can pay for there that there you have it with a 15% discount with a 15% discount <laughs> this is the stuff that this is the problem of of where we are in society right and that's what i'm saying is like you know if you can figure out how to break something people will do it And that's what happened with ppp loans we just throw this money out there and we say oh everybody'll just be honest i don't even want to know what they say on youtube right now
2: he says yeah but the unbreakable comb is still around (laughs) that
1: is true (laughs) but you know we just throw money out there and then we just go oh everybody be honest right nobody's going to cheat the system right this happens all the time right so 20 percent of these ppp loans now fraudulent but when we threw all this money out there back to my story here before i run out of time so we threw all this money out there in the CARES Act, and we gave all these checks to households, and we shut down the economy so nobody could get anything. People started buying just random crap at the store. I mean, just you go to the store and shelves would be empty because people were buying. They're like, I don't know if I need that, but I'm going to buy it anyway just in case because it might not be here tomorrow, except for the Beyond Meat stuff. You could go at any time and get all the Beyond Meat you wanted. Nobody wanted that crap, but all the other random crap people wanted, right? People were buying this stuff out. Interestingly enough, because of where we are now, the demand for random crap has now ended. And we have now seen and we're, you know, we talked about Walmart and Target. But here, let me run through a few stores for you real quick here. I thought this was a very interesting expose of what's going on with the random crap problem in, in America right now. Now, this is the percentage change. Between twenty quarter one of twenty twenty one quarter one of twenty twenty two. Now we just finished uh, second quarter and we're still reporting on that, but this is year over year quarter one. Inventory at Walmart up thirty two percent, sales up three point nine percent. Now think about that for a second. Amazon inventory is up forty six point seven percent, sales seven point five percent. Home Depot inventory thirty one point nine two percent, sales three point seven five percent. These are increases. Costco inventory up 26%, and this is why we still own Costco, sales up 16% at Costco. Now, see, that's that number, pay attention to that number. That's why we own Costco. Inventory at Walgreens up 4.75, sales up 14%. Target inventory up 43%, sales up 3.9%. Now remember, Target, Amazon, Walmart in particular, the ones that, that noted, in particular, a inventory problem. But it's not just those. Lows, inventory's up 10%. Sales are down 3.1%. Best Buy inventory's up 9%. Sales are down 8%. Dollar General, inventories are up 19%. Sales are down 4%. TJ Maxx, inventory's up 36%. Sales are up 13%. So the point here is that there is now inventory builds across the retail sector. All that demand that was created by sending checks to households is now gone because that money's gone. They've spent it. Now they're having to turn to credit cards in order to maintain spending. But that spending is simply just trying to buy the stuff they need to live from one month to the next. That's gas. That's food. That's paying utility bills. That's paying the rent or the mortgage. That's... Problem is not going away. Taxes are going up. Homeowners' insurance are going up. You know, the, all those in, all those things are going up. Those costs are going up. Wages, not keeping up with those price increases. All right, that wraps up the show for the day. Stick around. We've got three minutes on markets and money coming up. Uh, we have our sector uh, sector by sector analysis this morning at SimpleVisor.com. So if you go to SimpleVisor.com, you can register for free for 30 days. You can get our sector analysis report. Uh, we go through each of the major sectors uh, uh, with both buy and sell uh, stop levels uh, for each of the major sectors in the S&P 500. That's on simplevisor.com right now. Also, our latest reports, our newsletters on the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. It's all there for you. Since your questions and comments, see you back here tomorrow. It's a rich